Chapter Six of Peggy Raymond's School Days, or Old Girls and New, by Harriet Lemus Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot? School had been over half an hour, but in the gymnasium a score of girls still lingered, trying again the steps of the folk dance which had been their lesson and which though apparently simple had proved unexpectedly puzzling two or three of the musical ones took turns at the piano while the others went through the graceful evolutions familiar to the portuguese peasants for hundreds of years peggy had spent the last school period in basketball practice a practice so spirited that a shower bath had seemed advisable before she ventured into the outdoor cold after her bath and rub-down she ran upstairs tingling from head to foot with that sense of superabundant vitality which makes bare existence a delight peggy dearly loved that strenuous game which in the affections of the modern girl has supplanted the old-time favorite croquet blanche estabrook fretted because peggy spent so much time in practice but though she had carried her point in the matter of senior dramatics where basketball was concerned peggy had her way upstairs in the cloak-room peggy found genevieve alden sulkily putting on her wraps genevieve's teachers were spending a great deal of extra time on her without awakening any ecstatic gratitude on genevieve's part in the select schools she had attended scholarship had been a matter of such minor importance that genevieve's least anxiety had been her class standings wealth and family were of course of paramount importance and then came the vital questions of dress and personal attractiveness so that a girl measured up to the standard in these particulars she might fail daily in her recitations without losing self-esteem or the good opinion of her mates now from genevieve's standpoint the world was upside down the algebra teacher who had spent the last half-hour with genevieve did not care in the least whether she was the daughter of charles alden wealthy manufacturer or of john zinzwalski teamster all that interested her was to inject into genevieve's reluctant brain some faint inkling of the principles of factoring genevieve was sure she dressed better than any other girl in school but her costume of dark blue corduroy made the most exclusive shop in town had utterly failed to impress her instructor in latin such a wholesale readjustment of standards is always difficult and up to this time genevieve had not got beyond the point of being sure she was right and all the others wrong genevieve pinning her hat in place stared at peggy's glowing face with a vague vexed wonder something about peggy exercised a peculiar fascination over the discontented girl peggy's winter coat was unmistakably not a new one her everyday hat had never altogether recovered from a hard shower earlier in the season genevieve noticed these things and then glanced doubtfully at the bright face of the owner there really was no sense in a girl's looking so cheerful when she had to wear a last year's coat genevieve did not recognize her own inconsistency in resenting the very quality in peggy which most attracted her do your people send for you inquired genevieve languidly as they left the cloak-room or do you take the street-cars i take the street-cars if i don't walk peggy spoke with painstaking pleasantness she had rarely seen a girl who attracted her less than genevieve but she could not help feeling sorry for her mamma almost always sends one of the cars for me but to-day they are all in use 
I think it would drive me crazy if I had to take the streetcars every day. Such a rabble. Not deeming it wise to enter on the discussion of a subject where disagreement was inevitable, Peggy made no reply. The two went downstairs and out into the street, where a group of girls stood at the crossing, awaiting the westbound car. With a sense of apprehension, Peggy recognized Addie Dwight among the number. Genevieve was not long in making the same discovery. "'I fancy I've succeeded in teaching that Dwight girl her place,' she announced confidentially. "'Why, she was ready to be as familiar as you please that first day. And last summer, if you'll believe it, she was the Ashton's nursemaid. I think these schools are dreadful, where you're thrown in with all sorts of people.' For all her wish to part amicably, Peggy could not let this pass. "'I think we'd be lucky.' she said with heat, if we were always thrown with girls as ambitious and plucky as Addie is. Oh, really? The supercilious, interrogative note in Genevieve's reply was too much for Peggy's sensible conviction that argument would be a waste of breath. Most girls are willing to get an education, Peggy went on, if everything's made easy and pleasant. But Addie really wants it. She's ready to make all kinds of sacrifices and work awfully hard. I believe we'll all be proud of her some day. "'Oh, really?' Genevieve said again. This time her inflection implied that Peggy was hopeless. She looked expectantly in Addie's direction, wishing the girl would look up, so that she might demonstrate for Peggy's benefit exactly the sort of bow to bestow on a classmate immeasurably below one in social position. But Addie obstinately looked the other way. The car came along, and the girl swarmed aboard, Addie finding a seat well up to the front. Genevieve and Peggy— who were later getting on, stood at the rear, clutching the straps that hung suggestively overhead. At the next corner an old woman carrying a market basket climbed aboard, a fat smiling old woman with blue eyes that had not lost their brightness in the many years that they had looked on life, and with the humorous mouth which is the common heritage of Ireland's sons and daughters. Her old black bonnet was set rakishly atop her scant white hair. As she reached for the strap next to that which Genevieve clutched, that exclusive young person drew away, her sidelong glance at Peggy conveying the impression that her worst forebodings were being realized. The old Irish woman set her market basket carefully between her feet, hunted out five coppers from a slim, shiny purse, and then gave her attention to Genevieve. All at once Peggy was started by the vibrant tones of a voice that once must have been rich and sweet. "'Good day to yous, Miss Genevieve.' to think i should be after a standin this close and not knowin yous at all at all peggy looked at genevieve appealingly the old face was so radiant with satisfaction over the encounter it seemed to her that genevieve would hardly have the heart to blight the pleasure of her old acquaintance the edge to genevieve's voice when she answered showed peggy her mistake were you speaking to me date i am my pretty cried the old woman smiling broadly "'Tis a proud day for merry old fool to see what a fine young lady you've grown to be. Think hard, and see if you be after remembering me, darling. Genevieve's face turned white. It was bad enough to be addressed in public by the singular, shabby old woman, so unmistakably belonging to what Genevieve was in the habit of calling the lower classes. But to have pet names lavished on her in the presence of a smiling audience was beyond endurance. It is characteristic of the snob always to stand in awe of what people will think. 
Genevieve's heart chilled at the realization that someone looking on might suppose that this disreputable old woman had been on friendly terms with her family. "'I'm sure I don't remember you,' she said, her manner an odd blending of hauteur and irritation. "'You have probably mistaken me for someone else.' "'Hear her now,' the old woman laughed as delightedly as if Genevieve's reply had been a masterpiece of humor. "'Hasn't she the grand way with her?' She seemed to be appealing to the company in her gratified pride, and then her beaming blue eyes came back to Genevieve's face. "'Sure I remember yez, when I could have slipped yez into me basket, and carried yez home without knowin' t'was more'n a peck of praties. A fine babby yez was, and a fine girl you've growed to be, Akushla. The old black glove, through the worn tips of which Mary O'Toole's fingers peeped out on the world, just brushed genevieve's sleeve the warm-hearted old creature was bubbling over with reminiscent tenderness and had it not been for her cowardly fear of possible misinterpretation genevieve might have accepted it as a princess of the blood accepts the homage of her humble subjects but the touch on her arm was too much she drew back with a disdain to which the most obtuse could hardly be oblivious Eh? the blue went out of the irish woman's eyes the long upper lip drew down grimly what's the manin of that if you plays really said genevieve looking through the window instead of at the speaker i don't see any reason to continue this conversation maybe i'm not good enough to be spaken to yez before folks miss o'toole suggested people sitting toward the front of the car turned their heads as her uplifted voice reached them if you don't stop annoying me i shall speak to the conductor annoying ye is it miss o'toole's voice dropped to a whisper she turned appealingly to peggy she calls it that i'm annoyin of her just for passin the time o day a fair face she's got but a cold heart bad says to her she seized her basket and marched up to the front of the car curious eyes following her progress as she halted by addie dwight's seat Addie glanced up and saw the white hair under the ridiculous drunken bonnet. At once she was on her feet. "'Won't you take my seat?' To her astonishment the tears gushed from the old woman's eyes and ran down her wrinkled cheeks. She turned to Addie like a grieved child. "'Bless the sweet heart o' yez. Sure it was yez I'd loved when you was a bit of a child. You wouldn't be after shamin' me before strangers, would yez now?' Addie's eyes went to the back of the car she had noticed that this old woman of eccentric appearance had been engaged in conversation with genevieve but she was sitting too far away to catch what had been said now at miss o'toole's question her face hardened i'd hate myself if i could do such a thing then she added more gently you'd better sit down hadn't you miss o'toole dropped into the seat addie had vacated lifting her tearful eyes the ready sympathy of one young girl was grateful to her after the rebuff she had received from the other sure it's a cold-hearted she's grown and it's a pity a sweet baby she was and her little voice was like a harp for music when she called me and to think that now she'll have none of me you knew her when she was a baby then addie's remark was more indicative of the sympathy she felt for the indignant old woman than of any interest in genevieve's past history Deed I did, darlin'. Her pa weren't so rich in them days, and her ma kept but one servant, and that was me. 
many a time she left me for the afternoon or evening with little genevieve i know i can trust you with the babby mary she'd said to me and now she says she'll spake to the conductor if i don't stop annoying her annoying do you mind you mustn't feel bad about it addie comforted her she treats me the same way she was hardly prepared for the effect produced on miss o'toole by this simple statement the figure drooping dejectedly straightened itself with a spasmodic jerk sure why should she be after looking down on the likes o yez ain't yez a fine young lady same as herself wid an education i imagine i'm at least as well educated as genevieve addie returned with a rather wan smile but she doesn't consider me a young lady at all and why not then demanded mary o'toole oh because i'm not as rich as she nor as well born addie was a little startled by miss o'toole's manner of receiving this statement she had been far from intending her remark as a joke but miss o'toole apparently accepted it as a delicious bit of humor and continued to laugh for a good two minutes her eyes squeezed tightly shut when she again opened them the clouds had entirely disappeared and the blue showed no sign of tears glory be tis a queer world sure said miss o'toole i transfer at this corner darlint and you can be having your sight again i transfer here too addie said i'll help you with your basket genevieve watched them as they left the car evidently they were old friends she said significantly to peggy and then as if peggy's air of grave reserve was not what she had expected she continued angrily i hope this will be a lesson to mamma she'll have to arrange to send the car for me every day and when she can't do that i'll stay at home i won't run the risk of meeting such horrible people peggy did not reply she looked back through the window and saw addie and the old irish woman standing on the corner talking busily there was no apparent reason why such a spectacle should have excited her apprehension yet a sense of foreboding crossed her mind which in view of what happened later seemed almost prophetic End of chapter six